shout out to the Halftime Basketball Community from E. Diefendorf, former Syracuse basketball player. This is Craig Smith the Rhino, former NBA player, NBC legend. Loses the ball, Smith has it. Hudson, bounce pass to Craig Smith! Puts it down! Who's afraid of that big bad wolf? Metal World Peace Pot, what's going down? It's the big baller, baby. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to the halftime community from the big baller himself. That's right, you guys keep it right and take, keep doing your thing. Because Big Baller Brand is in the building, and you know how we get down. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Halftime Community Podcast. Uh, not even sure what episode number this is. I've been taking a break for a little while. Been a little burnt out on the content game, to be honest. But you guys were asking for it, so I'm going to go ahead and give it to you right now. New episode of the Halftime Community Podcast. Going to do something a little bit different this time. Um, I'm going to get on my soapbox and rant and rave about some things. I'm going to answer all the unanswerable questions, put on my Nostra dumbass hat, and do that for you all today. To keep it 100p with you all, to keep it 100 with you all, like I said, I've been a little burnt out on the content game. Uh, I'll rant about it for about 30 seconds here. You know, just a lot of the times you see on social media websites and YouTube videos and those things, um, if it's not a list, if it's not a tier list, if it's not a definitive GOAT rankings list, it really doesn't get a lot of traction. So, you know, it's just better time spent for me. I like to do things a little bit different, keep things a little bit fresh. Um, make fun of myself through sports make fun of sports how serious people take sports there's a time and place for everything but I just think it's funny sometimes how seriously people get involved in sports and to be completely honest with you all I just think it's funny how seriously people will take their sports debates um, call people dumbasses make death threats on people you know just crazy things for people and places and things that they really have no contact with outside of watching it on TV or watching content about it. So that's where I really like to live now. I like to take a little bit of a different perspective on things. I like to give you a fresh take on things. Things you won't hear from Greeny the Weenie on Get Up. Uh, that's really where the Halftime Community Podcast lives now. And I'll be pumping out episodes when I feel like it, when I feel like there's good content to be pumped out. But I'm not gonna sit here and force tier rankings and breakdowns of each conference uh, down everybody's throat just because there's so much content, so many podcasts, so many live chat rooms available that already do that. And honestly, I just find a lot of that boring at this point in time. It's pretty boring to me to just sit there and listen to the same recycled content ranking every team in the Eastern Conference or every team in the Western Conference or who had a good week, who had a bad week. And now Giannis is the best player in the world because he won the championship. But two weeks ago, I was calling him, you know, a piece of trash that will never make it to the NBA Finals. So I'm just kind of burnt out on that. I'm going to be giving you guys fresh content uh, when I feel like it's worthy. And when it's not worthy, I'm not going to sit here and pump an episode down everybody's throat of things that they've already heard. Now that we had our heart to heart, let's get to the good stuff here. What I really want to do today is go through those unanswerable questions. I asked you guys via a post on halftime, just send me the questions. Could be NBA, could be NFL, uh, could be life related, could be something you've always wondered that you never had the answer to. And that's what I'm going to do here today. I'm going to solve all those questions for you all. 
So allow me a second here. Um, we're gonna go rapid fire through some sports questions. The bulk of what we had here was sports questions, so we'll go rapid fire through those today. Uh, some of those questions were really good and some of them were happy accidents, but I'm gonna put on my Nostra dumbass meta hat here and we're gonna go through all of them right now. First question up, uh, a real banger here. Which team if removed from the NBA would not be missed? And why did you choose the Kings? Well, I mean, you stole the words right out of my mouth. Uh, first of all, I'd have to say the Kings. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, definitely up there. Orlando Magic, sorry to say it, they're definitely up there as well. Um, in contention, I would say the Detroit Pistons, they've just been god-awful for a while now. Uh, really no bright spots besides Cade Cunningham, possibly, maybe, we don't know yet. Two games in, could be a bust, we don't know. Another banger here, uh, at what point did MJ secure the name GOAT? GOAT is an interesting conversation. I really feel like the GOAT comment and the GOAT debate really started coming around um, when Tom Brady won his fifth Super Bowl or so. That's when people anointed him the GOAT and that's when people started having the GOAT debate for other sports. Um, so when did MJ secure the name GOAT? right when Tom Brady beat the Atlanta Falcons. That's exactly when he secured the name GOAT. Was Clipper Nation right in saying Ja is greater than Zion? And were the fools that jumped on him dumb or uneducated? You know, public school education, you can't really blame a lot of these folks for some of these takes they're throwing out there. Uh, ja, greater than Zion, I think you have to say that right now. Zion is eating his way out of the league, going looking like Sean Kemp a little bit here recently, uh, looking more like a defensive tackle than an NBA player. I don't know. Some people are saying this is a long play to get out of New Orleans because he does not want to be there. But if this is a long play, he's really you know giving himself diabetes for no reason. Is Colin Sexton, AKA Young Bull 02 on halftime? Well, clearly looking at the records, I've got the documents right in front of me. It seems that this is a corporate shill account. This is indeed not Colin Sexton Young Bull himself. Um, some brand of passenger handbags or mailbags that fancy people want to wear that nobody on halftime is going to buy unless you want to buy a $1,500 handbag and you have that kind of disposable income. I'll tell you what. As an investigative journo myself, you know, I'm gonna get to the bottom of it. I'm tracking IP addresses right now as we speak, and I will decide once and for all, is Colin Sexton on halftime or is this a corporate shill account? Next up, will we ever see the four point line in the NBA? Uh, I'm gonna say no to this one. If we do, we will definitely see it experimented with in the G League first, but I, I just don't see it happening. For the same reason, they don't wanna cut down the games, uh, the amount of games that are played each season because they're worried about records getting messed up, um, asterisks, having to put asterisks on things from previous records that were already there for an 82 game season. So I would say no. Next up, why is Wilt not considered the GOAT? Well, first of all, because the GOAT debate is pointless. Second of all, you know, people just don't know. It was before their era. That's the easy answer. Um, he was a freak athlete for his time. He's a bit of freak in the sheets as well. If you read his biographies that have been written on him, um, Otto Porter Jr. is definitely a kin of his and it's still running around in the NBA circles today. So the legacy of Wilt lives on and that's what really matters at the end of the day. 
How much of an effect is recency bias having on today's viewers of all sports? Well, this is a really deep question. I kind of touched on it earlier when talking about the content game and all the recycled, washed up content that is out there today. Um, you can find crazy takes out there. Biggest one, biggest example that came to mind for me was Giannis last year in the playoffs. Uh, when they were down, I think it was two games to nothing to the Brooklyn Nets in last year's playoffs. Uh, people were writing off Budenholzer saying he should be fired. Uh, Giannis would never win a ring. He was never going to win a ring unless he learned to shoot a three-pointer. Uh, Chris Middleton would never be a solid, capable backup scorer on a championship-level team. All those takes were out there, but the bottom line is nobody keeps their own receipts anymore. You can say something one day and then completely turn around the next day and say something that is the complete opposite and contradict yourself because nobody keeps their own receipts. So it's having a huge effect. A Detroit Motor City related question here. Are the Detroit Lions cursed and why don't they pay Calvin Johnson to get rid of it? Uh, Calvin Johnson definitely still holds that grudge against the Lions. Um, any public interview you've heard with him recently uh, when he was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame and all of that was announced. Um, yeah, he, he's definitely not over that. I say it goes back to Barry Sanders, though. We got to look at Barry Sanders. He really set the standard, walked away from the game when he probably still had some left in the tank. Detroit just really sucks the life out of you. I never want to visit there. I never want to go there. It just seems sad. Uh, Jared Goff is going through it right now. Imagine going from L.A. and a Super Bowl appearance to now being stuck in Detroit. Jeez, uh, just not for me. Where do you think Tyrese Maxey will be in terms of top point guards in the league? So this is actually an interesting question when thinking about guards in the NBA. It really flipped um, from like 2016. There wasn't a lot of great backup guards and starting point guards and shooting guards in the NBA. That was the crazy summer where Timothy Mozgov got a whole lot of money from the, the Lakers. Uh, I think Luol Dang got a lot of money from the Lakers that same offseason. Alan Crabb got a huge contract. Uh, some of you young kids might might even not remember these players that I'm naming right now. Uh, Bismack Biombo, Nazir Muhammad. A lot of these guys got big contracts in the offseason that were role players at best. And that's because there just wasn't a whole lot of depth at the guard position and at the big man position, uh, center position. So I would say that's completely flipped. Now they're Every single team, it seems like, has a solid, capable, you know, all-star fringe level, if they're playing at their best, a fringe level all-star playing point guard position. So Tyrese Maxey, definitely a lot of potential, but I would say the point guard position is pretty stacked right now when you look across the league. Um, so he could be, you know, a top 15 solid point guard. Maybe if things all shake out correctly, a top 15 point guard in the league for years to come. I know that doesn't sound sexy to everybody to have a top 15 point guard, but you know, in today's NBA, that's definitely something to build on. This is a good one, Philadelphia related as well. Uh, how much longer do you think Joel, Joel Embiid has in his career? The way Joel Embiid plays, is becoming quickly extinct if not almost completely extinct already so in the way he plays the game the way his body is built i just don't think he has that many more prime years left in the tank you know he could be a solid player in the league for the next 10 even 15 years it wouldn't shock me if he played as long as Mark Gasol or Pau Gasol ended up playing in the league but as far as his prime goes as being like an mvp level player 
you know, I think he has a solid three to four years left in the tank. And wrapping up the 76ers questions here, um, is Tobias Harris a true second option? I would say he's a true second option, just like Chris Middleton is a true second option. There's going to be times in the playoffs and the regular season, but mostly in the playoffs, that's when we watch most of these guys and really care about what they're doing, as opposed to, you know, wrong, long regular season where everybody has a good night here and there. Tobias Harris could get you 30 points, 35 points and go off one night. And then the next night, he's going to put up six points and he's not even going to look like he was on the floor. You're not even going to remember him being in the game. So that's just kind of who Tobias Harris is. He's going to have that potential and some nights he could carry you offensively. Um, other nights, you're not even going to know he was there. A lot like Chris Middleton. But that being said, you know, look at the Bucks last year. Chris Middleton was able to put it together in the finals, uh, really helped carry them to an NBA championship. So could he be? Yeah, just like Chris Middleton could be. Next up, a couple Portland Trailblazers and Pacific Northwest related questions here. Uh, one of them NBA I'll start out with. What is Nasir Little's realistic potential? You know, I really had high hopes for Nasir Little coming into the league. I've always kind of been on that train. Both him and Nas Reed in Minnesota were in the same draft class. I really liked both of them. Um, Nasir Little, I'm not sure he's ever going to be much of an offensive threat. He's not really going to be an offensive go-to guy at any point. Uh, I would love to see it if he could become that. But I think, you know, he's mostly relying on athleticism, uh, developing his shot still, a consistent jump shot. But defensively, he's got all the potential in the world. So the highest, highest potential could be a Kawhi Leonard light. Um, and I say light, I'm not saying he's gonna be Kawhi Leonard, but the highest, highest potential for him could be that Kawhi Leonard light, um, maybe 15, 20 points per game. But really where I see him settling in as is a Trevor, Trevor Ariza type player uh, early on in his career in Los Angeles when Trevor Ariza was first getting started. He was kind of the prototype for the lengthy defender who could also score in transition, could knock down a shot here and there, but was mostly there for his all-around potential. And that's that's what I see out of Nasir Little. Next up, uh, NFL, Pacific Northwest related here, the West Coast NFL question. Is Kyle Shanahan on the hot seat? If not, should he be? Now, I'm going at this from a national perspective because I do not live in the San Francisco or Pacific Northwest area, um, but I will say there has been some smoke around Kyle Shanahan, whereas last year, if you would have asked me this question, I would have said there's no chance. He's not on the hot seat at all, but now, you know, it, it, the the newness of Kyle Shanahan is wearing off on people. He came into the league, people were touting him as this offensive genius who helped Matt Ryan, you know, become an MVP level player in Atlanta. And then he took his talents to San Francisco. They went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, which is no small feat. Um, a lot of creative running schemes and things like that. So I would say Kyle Shanahan probably has at least one more year with the Trey Lance experiment and moving Jimmy G out. But after that, you know, it, his free reign is going to be over. It's really time for him to put up or shut up. Um, people are kind of starting to wear off on him as being this offensive genius when the 49ers are, you know, the play calling has gotten, gotten a little bit stale. But I would give him one more year. Um, the way I always look at it is, if you were to fire this coach today, so if you were to fire Kyle Shanahan today, 
how many other teams would swoop in the next day and be talking to him. And I think if you were to fire him today, a lot of NFL teams, the majority of NFL teams that are looking to swap out their coach at some point in the next couple of years would be calling Kyle Shanahan's line. So that's a, that's a good indication that he still has some left in the tank. He still has some grace with folks. Oh, this one is a good one here. Another Portland-related question. When Dame says 10 toes in Portland, where are his hands? And let me tell you right now, where there's smoke, there's fire. I just mentioned it with Kyle Shanahan. Where there's smoke with Dame Lillard, there's no easier way to get Portland Trailblazers fans fired up than by um, pushing forward Dame Lillard trade rumors. They are the most sensitive fan base almost in the NBA, I would say, right next next to the Lakers as far as, and Celtics are up there as well, as far as if you say Dame Lillard in a trade rumor, they instantly come at you. They clap at you. I even got blocked recently because I kept mentioning uh, trade rumors on halftime with Dame Lillard, poking fun at it a little bit. Uh, they did not appreciate that. So I got my first block that I know of on halftime. So there, congrats to me on that. I'll give myself a round of applause. James Harden question here. Actually, one of my favorite players in the NBA, low-key, James Harden. Is James Harden struggling because of the new rules or more because he has been out of shape since 2020? Honestly, you know, it's a mix of both. If you think back to the Oklahoma City days, um, when James Harden first came up as the sixth man of the year, he was really that scorer off the bench for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He wasn't doing a lot of the foiling around. He was doing a little bit, but not to the level that he did in Houston and that he did in Brooklyn when he first got to Brooklyn. That's really when he perfected the flailing around and drawing the foul calls. I would say it's more of just a combination of him being a little bit past his prime. Uh, and it, you can't be a little bit past your prime and be out of shape and expect to dominate the NBA on a day-to-day -day basis. He's going to have nights this year where he puts up 50 points and uh, 12 assists and he has those crazy stat lines. Uh, that's just going to happen. It's coming from James Harden. We all know it's coming. It happens every year. But what really matters for the Brooklyn Nets and James Harden is who shows up in the playoffs. Speaking of... The next question here, the flat earther is being brought up, um, Kyrie Irving. So the question here is, how will the Kyrie Irving issue resolve? Yeah, I don't think he's going to retire. You know, that's been floated out there a little bit. I really don't think he's going to retire. If anything, worst case scenario, you know, maybe he steps away from the league for a year and then comes back. Um, I don't think he's going to step away from basketball completely, but Kyrie's just going to be Kyrie. We know what to expect at this point. If he comes onto your roster, um, you can expect him to play 20, 30 games maybe if you're lucky at this point. And he's going to play pretty well probably in those 20, 30 games. He's going to look great. He's going to look like an all-star point guard. He's going to score. He's going to distribute. He's going to do all those things. He's going to make clutch shots, but you can't count on him to be there every night, which is sad to say about an NBA player, but that's just what he is. That's who he is. Going back to Portland for a couple questions here. Is Anthony Simons a six man of the year candidate? Um, at this point, I mean, it's an open race. It's so early in the season that a lot has to be decided. We saw Jordan Clarkson pretty much rule that race from the beginning of the season and then at the end it kind of they closed the gap on him a little bit so i mean anthony simons has the potential he has the game to be a six man of the year candidate six man of the year generally goes to somebody that scores a lot is a volume scorer off the bench and that's what anthony simons can be so he i expect him to be you know top five 
in that race for the next couple years as he enters his prime. And the next question, is CJ McCollum now valued higher than Ben Simmons? I would say around the league, just national perspective, no. Ben Simmons is still going to be viewed higher just because of his age, first of all, his overall potential. He's a defensive player of the year candidate. Um, Every year steps on the court. He's good in transition. Um, He's obviously not a shooter. That's what everybody likes to point to. He's not a shooter, and he didn't come up clutch in the playoffs. I always said from the beginning, though, if I was Philadelphia, it just made more sense to have C.J. McCollum on the roster for what his, what his game is and what C.J. McCollum is than having Ben Simmons on the floor anymore. It just didn't. It made more sense. Um, now that trade might have passed them by. If Portland's going to give up on C.J., they might you know ask more than just Ben Simmons, which is kind of opposite of what we would have thought last year. The next question, looking at all the sports, what is the greatest dynasty in sports of all time and currently? You know, honestly, it's really hard for me to say what's the greatest dynasty in all of sports um, because I didn't see a lot of it, to be honest. I'm not quite an old head, but I'm not quite a young gun either. I'm kind of in between. Uh, I never saw the Celtics dominance with the Bill Russell era, obviously. I never saw the 80s Lakers and the 80s Celtics. I never saw um, the early you know, 50s and 60s Yankees. I never saw any of those teams play. Um, just from what I've seen, so I'll only speak on teams that I've seen, those early 2000s Lakers were certainly dominant for that three, five-year period when they had Kobe and Shaq. Um, I would also say the Bulls. I was a little too young to really remember the Bulls. I remember kind of watching them on the background of television, but I was I was a little bit too young to really understand what was going on in the moment with the Bulls. So the Bulls definitely have to be up there. Um, but what the New England Patriots were able to do in the NFL, uh, that, that's really impressive to me as far as you know going to the Super Bowl, I think it was 10 times and winning so many Super Bowls. Tom Brady now has seven rings. Six of those came in New England. So having that sustained success in the NFL, building a system in the NFL, uh, even though obviously they had Tom Brady, but having that infrastructure, there are a lot of great teams in the NFL that have great quarterbacks for extended periods of time. They don't all win six championships. So, you know, I would put the Lakers up there. I would put the Bulls up there. I would put um, the early 2000s Yankees, the late 90s, mid 90s Yankees up there as well with Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, um, all the names that rolled through there, they would be up there as well. And then also um, we have to mention the Patriots in that conversation. Currently, I don't know if there really is a dynasty currently in all sports. There's a lot of parody going on right now. Uh, The Lakers and you know they've had some success recently but i wouldn't consider them a dynasty i I guess the warriors we're going to touch on that in a little bit could have been considered a dynasty um, but i don't know if there's a complete dynasty in all sports right now and that might be a good thing michael porter jr question here um will michael porter jr be worth his max contract and you know looking at the raw numbers of the contract you would instantly say no but that's really not how the economics of sports work um you see the same thing in nfl this happens all the time the the latest example was tj watt in the offseason became he got his new contract and he became the highest paid defensive player and what do people instantly do 
they go to the sports community websites and things and they make posts about well tj watt isn't the best player defensive player in the nfl why should he be paid more than aaron donald because aaron donald took his contract earlier when the economics weren't as high that's why every single quarterback that you see get a new contract instantly becomes the highest paid quarterback because the money just keeps going up and up eventually it may fall back down a little bit but that's just how the economics work if denver wanted to keep michael porter jr they had to pay him a max contract uh, i do think michael porter jr will have at least one or two seasons where he stays healthy and he looks like you know he's among the best scorers in the league maybe a little bit tracy mcgrady ish with his scoring numbers 30 points per game something around that area where he's going to look great but the big question with michael porter jr is how long can he sustain it can he play an entire season uh, that is still to be seen but the Denver Nuggets definitely are willing to take that risk with them and willing to put the money on the table. So for a for an organization like the Denver Nuggets, they took a risk on Michael Porter Jr. in, in the first place. So now to actually realize that potential, you know, they're going to have to pay him that max contract. Now the question back to the Warriors here, was the 2015 the start of a Warriors dynasty and do they qualify? Honestly, uh, I'm going to upset some Warriors fans, I'm sure here, but I don't consider that a dynasty. It was a great three to four year run. And it was really exciting. It was really fun. And they're going to hold records for a long time, I'm sure, as far as regular season wins. And people are going to look back at the three point shooting and all the things that they did as a team and really look back fondly on them as one of the greatest teams of all time uh, for a couple year period. But I don't consider them a dynasty like the early 2000s Lakers or the 90s Bulls or the 80s Celtics or the 80s Lakers uh, or the early, you know, early ages of the NBA with the Celtics. They're not up there for me, um, but that doesn't mean they weren't a great team. Next up, how did the Harlem Globetrotters affect the early NBA? I don't know. Next question. Should Clay have been the top 75? Who would you have taken off of it if so? Uh, should Clay have been in the top 75? Honestly, no. Uh, again, this isn't me hating on the Warriors. I do enjoy watching the Warriors play, and I respect Steph Curry. I respect Clay Thompson. Now, if Clay never got injured and he didn't miss two seasons in a row, he would definitely be in the top 75. There's really no doubt about it. If he would have, you know, continued, never gotten injured, you know, average 20-ish points a game, uh, continued his hot three-point shooting, the Warriors would have had more success. He would easily be in that top 75. But the fact of the matter is he's missed the bulk of two seasons now with injuries. So that really kept him out of it. Next up, another Philadelphia 76ers taking it back to the city of brotherly love here. Grade for the success of the process. Honestly, if I had to give it a grade right now, I would say it's a solid B. It's definitely not a C or a D, and it's not an A as well. An A would be championships or you know at least championship appearances. Um, if not for the Kawhi shot, maybe we are talking about an A or an A plus for the process because maybe they win a championship that, that year. But the reality of it is they had mo multiple first overall picks. So the process was a success in that manner. They were able to get Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and 
actually spent a first overall pick on Markel Fultz. I know it never worked out, but at least they had they were in the position to make a good pick there. It didn't work out for them, and Markel Fultz looks okay in Orlando now, but it just never worked out in Philadelphia. Uh, it's not over for the 76ers. They still could potentially reach a championship at some point with Joel Embiid leading them and maybe trading Ben Simmons for something. Um, something of value maybe cj mccollum trade could bring cj mccollum into the fold for the 76ers so it's not over yet i would give it a solid b not a b plus not a b minus just a solid b right now next up is Jokic, the best passing big man ever uh, i would have you know a lot of arguments from people if i said he was the best ever undeniably um with arvidus sabonis i would say he's up there as well Sabonis in his prime was a great passer. Uh, Shaq was actually an underrated passer. I know his assist numbers aren't great, but every time you know he would get in the double team, which is almost every time he touched the ball in his prime, you know he was always able to make a creative pass to the next person. He rarely just sat there with the ball and turned the ball over. He was actually a really good passer out of the post. So Shaq is up there as well. But as far as you know people running the floor. Um, Bam Adebayo has some moments now currently as well, but I would say Jokic definitely up there at least top two. Next up, a question about Russell Westbrook and his Thunder days here. Why do people say Westbrook's MVP was undeserved? Uh, that really comes down to me like something we mentioned earlier with recency bias. That's really where that comes into play because in the moment, there were some people saying maybe Westbrook shouldn't get the MVP because there's a stat pattern and all of that. But a lot of that conversation really came in the past couple years after he went away from Oklahoma City. In the moment, you know, he definitely deserved the MVP. Everything he was doing for the Thunder, he was really driving them towards the playoffs. He was averaging a triple double. Say what you want about the guy, but if getting triple doubles were that easy, why wouldn't everybody in the NBA do it? So Russell Westbrook, Definitely a frustrating player, and maybe it won't turn out that he ever gets any rings. Um, that maybe people would have projected two or three rings on him at the beginning of his career. But what, however his career turns out, he definitely deserved that MVP award. Next up, is Victor Oladipo a point guard? No. Next question. Would Zion have chased down Ja for Rookie of the Year? Yeah, probably. Honestly, given the raw stat numbers and the shooting percentages that Zion's able to put up when he's on the court and the flash and the everything that comes with that. But, you know, the reality is the biggest thing with Zion, besides his weight fluctuation, is him just not being able to stay on the court consistently. And some of that is due to his weight and not having a basketball type body. It's more of a football type body, um, big bone for sure. So we will see how that turns out. But as it's trending right now, it would seem that jaw is more sustainable for his career. And the best for last or the best happy accident for the last, why is Alex Caruso the GOAT? Well, you know, Alex Caruso to me, he's an interesting player. And I think we're finally seeing, you know, some of his potential, his ceiling on the Bulls. He's not asked to do too much. Um, but I think of Alex Caruso kind of like Johnny Sins. He could be your doctor. He could be your mechanic. He could be your realtor. He could be your brother-in-law. You know, he could be all of these things at once. But the fact that he's an NBA player definitely puts them in the conversation for GOAT status as well. Now we move on to the life question portion of the festivities today. 
Uh, first up, can a homeless kid get homework? No. Um, that's a good question. I always think, I think about this question just like I think about uh, adults saying that they're in trouble. As an adult, you don't get in trouble. It do, I don't care what a boss says to you or somebody says to you that you think is an authority figure over you. You have the freedom to make your own decisions at any point. Uh, they can get upset with you if it's not what they expect of you, but you don't get in trouble as an adult. Same idea here with the homework. You don't get homework. You know, you're homeless, so you, you don't get homework. You get to live life however you want to live. If you want to go to the beach and hang out by the beach seven days a week for the rest of your life, not do any homework, that is your, that's your prerogative. Next up, a really mind-numbing question that puts my mind in a pretzel here. Why do you drive in a parkway and park in the driveway? And you know what? My answer to that is simple. Stop questioning things. You know, this is the way we've done it. We're not changing things around for you. That's a classic old head argument. You know, I liked it better in the NBA when people were slapping each other around and fist fighting on the court and the score was 66 to 70 for the final score. I'm, I'm longing for those days. So don't, don't question authority. Don't question why we're doing things. We're not changing things around for you. What a silly question. Along the same lines here, we have why can you tippy toe but you can't tippy finger. You know, I just would reference you to the riffraff song, Tiptoeing in My Jones. Um, check that out. It'll answer that question for you. You can't tippy finger in a pair of Jordans. That would crease them. That's ridiculous. If you tried to fail and succeed, did you succeed or fail? Well, you definitely failed. Next. A good question here, a real mind turner, a page turner here for you all. Um, the J.R. Smith special. What are the five worst soups to have thrown at you? Uh, my definitive rankings. Number five, I would say clam chowder. You know, just the thickness of it, the consistency. I do not want that thrown at me. You don't know what's in that. You know, what's that chunk that just made it into my face? I don't want that at all. Don't want any spare chunks going up my nostrils or anything like that. So number five, definitely clam chowder. Number four, along the same lines, lobster bisque. Do not throw lobster bisque at me. That is ridiculous. It smells horrible. I want nothing to do with lobster bisque all over me. Number three, chili. Chili can be really thick in consistency, first of all. So you gotta have quite a chooch. You gotta have quite an arm to even be able to throw that on me. But number three is gonna have to be chili. Number two, uh, broccoli and cheese soup. Just not a fan. Just don't do it. Uh, along the same lines, tomato soup. You know, I don't want that all over me. Um, unless I got skunked, then it might help me out a little bit with the smell. But tomato soup and broccoli and cheese soup, just keep it away from me. No thanks. And number one, drum roll please. Number one soup I do not want thrown at me is gazpacho soup. You know, it's cold. I don't want that thrown at me. If I want a cold shower, I'll take a cold shower, but do not throw your gazpacho soup at me. I have no lawsuit then to even hit you with if I get a cold shower of gazpacho soup. So at least make it worth my while. Give me something hot. Next up, an important life advice question here. If a tree falls in the forest and no one sees it, then why don't I have a girlfriend? 
Well, you obviously didn't watch the pickup artist, the TV show, and you never watched the YouTube clips. So if you didn't do that, then you're doing it wrong from the very beginning. So I would point you towards the pickup artist TV show. Maybe there are local pickup artists in your area. You know, go to their classes. They might look ridiculous at first, but they are pickup artists. They're verified individuals that are players in the game. You need to get your game from them. Um, Negging, that's a big example. If you want a girl, you got to make fun of her. You, you got to humiliate her. That's what nagging is all about. So definitely hook up with, link up with your local pickup artists in your area and they'll be able to help you out there. Also, an important note when thinking about the ladies, they really love it when you shop for your entire wardrobe at the buckle. So if you can get a lot of bedazzled jeans, uh, maybe a horseshoe on the back pocket of it, um, Ed Hardy t-shirts, definitely big right now, Kangol hats. Uh, these are just some of the basic things I picked up in my almost 30 years of existence on this earth. So definitely go to the buckle, tell them you're looking for a hot date and they'll be able to point you in the right direction to some bedazzled jeans. The main thing to remember with your wardrobe is the more accessories, the better. So if you can get uh, multiple necklaces, fake dog tags, uh, sunglasses, maybe wear a pair of sunglasses, and then also have a pair of sunglasses hanging from your pocket on your fresh Ed Hardy t-shirt, uh, multiple wrist straps, that's awesome, uh, maybe six watches going up one of your arms, just as many accessories as you can fit on your body, that's going to be key for you moving forward as well. Classic. Is water wet? You know, I, I've got nothing to say for you here. You gotta, you gotta feel it out for yourself. Decide for yourself, choose your own adventure here. Is water wet? You know, go touch grass. You've clearly not been out of your basement for the past year and a half. So go touch some grass, go touch some water, and you tell me. Is Kendrick Lamar the rap goat? Another goat debate here that we're having here on the podcast. Honestly, in my opinion, I would say Kendrick Lamar is the rap goat. Now that depends on what kind of metrics you go on because if you're just saying who's the most popular, well, I mean, Drake probably would be the most popular just in terms of albums sold, um, listens on Spotify, views on YouTube, all those sorts of things put together. Drake is probably the most successful artist, but I'm gonna be honest with you, just from his last couple albums, probably the last three or four albums, I'm just not feeling it. It's not. It doesn't hit like it used to. It's not the old Drake. Um, he's really gotten into some weird stuff, you know, girls like girls, all that. Yeah, I, I really don't need to dive too deep into it. Uh, being, I'm not a certified lover boy myself. I, I have the accessories. I shop at the buckle, but I'm not quite certified lover boy status. So Drake has some cause there. Uh, Jay-Z definitely has an argument there. Uh, Kanye West. I'm a big Kanye West fan, but honestly, same thing as Drake. He's kind of gone off the rails here in the past three to four albums, so he kind of shot himself in the foot with that. Um, definitely something going on upstairs for Kanye West that at least he has an excuse, unlike Drake. But Kendrick Lamar, consistency, consistency, consistency. And I'm going to give you guys my definitive top five of Kendrick Lamar underrated songs. So these are songs that you not, they're not necessarily hits. Um, some of them are a little bit older. Uh, some songs you may have never heard before that you're gonna go check out today and you're gonna report back to me. So here's my definitive top five of underrated Kendrick Lamar songs. Number five, 
Now this, uh, a lot of these I'm going back to his older albums because this is when I was first introduced to Kendrick Lamar. I honestly think Section 80, one of his first albums, I think it was his second album overall, is one of the best albums of all time for hip hop. I really love that album. Um, so I'm a little bit biased towards that album, but number five most underrated Kendrick Lamar song comes to us through that album, Section 80. It is ADHD bonus content for y'all i'm gonna put a little sample of each of these songs after i announce them so here's adhd She started feeling the stuff like no one else in this apartment Beg your pardon, oh I rap, baby How old are you? She say 22, I say 23 Okay, then we all crack, babies Damn, why you say that? She said, where my drink at? I'ma tell you later, just tell your neighbors And the police relax I stood up, shut the blind, closed the screen Jump on trying, made to the back where she reside Then she said, between the lines What a banger Coming up next, number four Off the same album, section 80 It is Poe Man's Dreams his vice but anyway this for my pops on this lunch break eating in the parking lot i wanna be heard probably thought he worked my nerve but really he was stressing me getting what i deserve somebody said my name on the radio he ain't know i was ready for the world that minute so the next time he roll up and drop grams in it he probably be out of work laid back while he smoke good eat good live Classico. Coming to us at number three. I'm going to go off the board here. Um, it's actually a feature he did in conjunction with one of my other favorite artists, Mac Miller. Um, Fight the Feeling is the name of the song featuring Kendrick Lamar. Sometimes I wake up, up in the morning, make up, wrap this month to make up off my bit. Soon as she's on it, take up hours on my days just to find power shit to say. But you won't hear it even if your ears was pissed with beats by Dre. I mean, the sun is slowly falling. We all shall it should die eventually. So what's your calling? Oh, you left your phone behind identity. Crisis break mirrors, vices steer us through wickedness. Jesus Christ is right near us and devil say you owe 10%. So your soul. I know so your soul and you're hopeless. My focus there at the open on coasts that float in the open of oceans that coast the line on the margins. I rhyme and choking or soaking up game. I'm hoping you pick the second one. Shame the emotion of jealousy that you're holding. You're telling me that you're golden, but really cubic zirconia. Let me see. I'll break you down like a pound of fire whenever your tactics are mighty clever. But even if you're Mayweather, you. Number two. We've reached number two here. Off Section 80, his earlier album is High Power. I'm gonna play some of that right now for y'all. Never like the system. Who said a black man in Illuminati? Last time I checked, that was the biggest racist party. Last time I checked, we was racing with Marcus Garvey on the freeway to Africa till I wrecked my Audi. And I want everybody to view my autopsy so you can see exactly where the government has shot me. No conspiracy, my fate is inevitable. They play musical chairs once I'm on that pedestal. And coming in at number one, I'm going a little bit off the board here. Um, it's actually... A performance he did live on a late night talk show the jimmy fallon talk show 
originally it was scheduled to be untitled two ended up being untitled eight on the album but here's a sample of that live performance i think it's 10 times better live what he did with the song instead of on the album So many plays on me, I finesse Palisade views with some sex I lost a lot of love for missionary This the first time I react Me and Top is like a Kobe, you feel A father figure, play with him, you get killed Play with me and he and key you himself TDE, the mafia, the West Losing silence, yeah, we juggin' like that Act of violence, yeah, we juggin' like that I did a lot of dumb things in my past Love will give me hope and I don't relax Damn, just bought a new 9-11 Almost thought I seen another play crash And I have to put some honorable mentions in here. My first honorable mention is off of Good Kid, Mad City. You've probably all heard this album, at least the hits off this album. But this is one of my favorite songs on that album. Didn't get much acclaim, but it's called The Art of Peer Pressure. A quarter tank of gas, one pistol, ain't orange soda. Janky stash box when the federal rallies are roll up. Basketball shorts with the Gonzalez Park holder. We on the mission for bad bitches in trouble. I hope the universe love you today. Cause the energy we bring is sure to carry away. A flock of positive activists and fill their body with hate if it's necessary. Bump it cheesy, first album looking distracted. Speaking language only, we know you think it's an accent. The windows roll down, all I see is a hand pass it. Hot boxing like George Foreman, grilling the masses of the working world. We pulled up on a bunch of working girls and asked them what they're working with. Look at me, I got the blood in my mouth. Usually I'm drug free, but shit, I'm with the homies. And the last honorable mention for today is going to be actually an interlude he did for Drake's album Take Care. Very popular album, and this is where a lot of people were introduced to Kendrick Lamar. It's called Buried Alive Interlude. If you was in a pond box, box, I would surely make the line. I jump right in and, and fall asleep. I, I fall asleep because you are the devil me. Because you are the devil me. You, you, the devil me. Looking in the mirror, I'm embarrassed. I'm feeling like a suicidal terrorist React like an infant whenever you are mentioned Mind over matter never worked for my nemesis I'm in the matter of man, arm wrestling hands I was dope when I said the music business was all I needed When I got it, I was greeted by an alien that said last year That she slept with a Canadian and gave him an addiction that I keep him in Mercedes Benz, bright lights and Rihanna has a lady friend My vice is similar, women love when you're my type And you're winning from everything that your palm right Put her in the prom's hotel, Sin City, devil in a dress, black so to the question of is Kendrick Lamar the rap goat I would say undoubtedly yes 
But that being said, you know, he's really gone a little bit of time here. He has a new album on the way, apparently, but he's gone a little bit of time here without an album. He needs to remain consistent. But as far as what he can do on the microphone, he can do um, hype tracks. He can do more poetic tracks. He can do um, social justice tracks. He can do a little bit of everything. So Kendrick Lamar, definitely the GOAT in my book. So I know I promised you all a 52-hour mega episode of the Halftime Community Podcast. Unfortunately, about 51 and a half hours of that uh, got lost in production. You know, what can you say? It happens. So I'm sure I'll recover that at some point and get that out to you. But this is going to have to do for now. Uh, I definitely want to do this again. This was fun for me. I got fired up a little bit there uh, with some of the gazpacho soup and thoughts I had on various subjects. But I really appreciate you guys pitching in with those questions. Uh, I'm definitely going to do it again. You're not going to hear a lot of MVP who's the MVP talk for me from here on out. Uh, that's just not exciting to me anymore. So it's going to be a lot more of this, a lot more off the wall stuff like I did with the Saving Simmons episode. Uh, I might bring that back at some point with Ben Simmons saga continuing to unfold, but just more creative stuff that's actually fun for me and fun for you guys to hear outside of the norm, uh, get you guys involved as much as possible. So I appreciate you all, and I will see you on the next episode.